IMDb Journey podcast, where not only do we break down one movie a fortnight from the IMDb Top 250 list, and not only do we do pod v pods, lots of trivia and games and stuff, but we also do bonus episodes. That's right, Dean. We do a bonus episode every once in a while. And that's what we're doing today, folks. Yes. So, to set it up, Dean's wife is over in Bali on holiday. Yes, she's over in Bali with... Uh a girlfriend, so lucky her. Yes. But unfortunately for me, what it's meant is I've obviously taken work off to look after my kids and I just don't have the time to watch a full movie, do a breakdown and record it all. So we didn't want to leave you with nothing this week though, which is why we came up with this. Hendo, tell us what we're doing today. Yeah, so we've had this idea in the can for a while now. What we're doing today is we are going to reveal our movies that we both give an amazing, a five-star, and we have collectively put them together in our joint rankings. So both of our lists added together to give a, a total score. So for example, if I have a film that is number five on my list and it happens to be at number 20 on Dean's list, then it gets a score of 25. So we put them all together and we got a joint ranking out of that with the obviously the lowest number being number one. And if there happened to be films that equaled the same number, whichever one had the highest rank overall from any of our lists, made the higher cut. Sounds good. Okay, so you've obviously heard a couple of these movies that we've broken down already. You'll be hearing a lot more of these as well, because a lot of these are, in fact, on the top 250 list. There are some that aren't on there, which we will get to. But overall, we are going to be ranking 54 films today. Yeah, so there's been 54 films that both Hendo and I give five stars. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break here, give you a promo from another podcast, and we'll come back with the start of our list. Movies are bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. (coughs) I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-host Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Radio Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. All right, Dean, let's get into it. Why don't we start off with number 54? All right, number 54, with a score of 101, we have American Psycho. Fantastic film, if I do say so myself. Really is. Christian Bale just shines in this film. Not in the top 250. Unfortunate. Yep, Definitely unfortunate. one of the better ones, obviously. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but I completely mirror what you said there. Christian Bale is fantastic in this film. Just an awesome psycho thriller. Mm, yeah, it, it is. All right, number 53 on our list with a score of 100 is Star Wars A New Hope. <laughs> Again, great film. It yep. really sets up the Star Wars world fantastically from the jump. You can see why it spawned just a myriad of fans and obsessors. So, yeah, I would have loved to have been in that cinema in 1977 just to see this for the first time, just to experience that. It would have been fantastic. Hmm. 
Yeah, and like we said, don't get me wrong, these are all five-star films for us, for both of us. The fact that it's so low it doesn't mean shit. This is, oh, come this, on. Do you think listeners will hear that A New Hope is only at number 53 and complain? Yes. Oh, there will be people. I don't. How dare you? Star Wars should be number one. <laughs> all right, next up, we've got number 52 on 96 points, Ex Machina. Yeah, 2015 film, Alex Garland. Yep. Great film. Very so original, good. very tight. Like, there's hardly any characters, but the dialogue just shines. And where this movie goes towards the end is just, uh, no, love it. Yeah, so self-contained with so many topics of discussion you can have along the way. It, yeah, it blew me away. This is one of those rare films I watched twice in one day as well. Really? Yeah. One of the rare films I watched twice in a year for me now. Because oh, I watch so many goddamn movies that I can't go back and do rewatches for a while. And mm. I watched Dex Machina. And I'm like, this was really, really, really solid. Yep. And I watched it again. I'm like, nah, this is five stars. Bang. Yeah. All right. Into number 51 with a score of 94. We've already broken it down. It's The Terminator. Yes, we have. Yep. And you can go back and check out our episode on that where we broke down the whole body movie. Fantastic. All right. Next up with 92 points, we have Saw. Saw. We are big fans of the original Saw. Massive, massive fans. It's just... One of the biggest shames is that they made sequels to this film. Yeah. I really feel like, yeah, had it been a standalone, it would be revered in much more the light it should be. But now it's so tainted with its terrible fucking, I don't know, 10 sequels, whatever it's got at this point. Yeah, pretty much. it's still going, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think they're thinking about another one coming up. It was actually your number one on the draft that we did of movies that should be in the top 250. Yes, it was. Yeah. All right. Number 49 with a score of 92 as well. Birdman. Yeah, easily one of the best films of that year. Just a massive return to form for Michael Keaton. He'd done nothing in a long time that I can remember. So seeing him back on the screen, along with Ed Norton, I might add, mm, in a exactly. very, very strong role, really, really like this film. And yeah. obviously the, the way it's filmed to look like one take is, oh, it's just original. Which I- plays perfect with the whole... It's about a play, and it feels yep. like a play. And yep. Yeah, it was fantastic. Well, very well done. All right, number 48, Dean. 48, score of 87, Sin City. Man, I love Sin City, especially when I saw it for the first time. It blew me away just oh. how just how true to the graphic novel it was and the way it As was As a filmed. big fan of the graphic novel, I'm sure, Hendo. Exactly. Well, since since then I have become. I actually read the graphic novel afterwards. Did you really? I did. I remember when I bought the DVD pack, it came with the graphic novel. So mm. I, I watched it while I was looking at it. And like they, they, some of these shots are like exact. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was and great. Mickey Rourke, incredible oh, as Marv. Back, back to form. He was he was out of he was gone, wasn't he? And he yeah. came back and yeah. had a little bit of a push in his career mm. for a little Just, bit. Yeah, the style of this film is massive. As you say, you loved it when it came out. This would have been in my top ten for a long time when I was a teenager. So very very good film. And they tried to mimic it a couple of times. They did the spirit, which was awful, and, and even the sequel. Yeah, the which sequel. Was Bad. Did you see the sequel? No, have you? I did see the sequel. Oh. Wasn't good. Not yeah. good at all. What's number 47, Hendo? With a score of 86, it's Inside Out. Nice. Yeah, I love this film. It like, is it's genuinely It's fantastic. just so emotional. Yeah. And to have the focus around this little girl growing up, it's just... It's perfect the way they played with the emotions. Yeah, I've seen it three times. I know it took you only once to bull your eyes out. Mm. It took me three. I got I got there on the third one. I was still crying on my third view. <laughs> <laughs> no, fantastic film. Okay, Dean, number 46. Uh, 46, a rare film that we both saw together at the cinema, Warrior. Warrior. On, what do we got, 84 points for Warrior. Yeah, yeah, we did see this at the cinema. It was just... The 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 scenes they 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 hurt to watch like you really 
It gets you into it. You're yeah. right in there in the cage with, with Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. Great performances by them too as well. I had no idea that Tom Hardy was British when I saw this. Mm. I, I didn't, I'd seen Inception, but I didn't know him as Tom Hardy then. I saw yeah, this. Yeah. And then when we, I saw like interviews with him and he was speaking British, I'm like, holy shit. Mm. <laughs> That's no, incredible. T- Tom Hardy's phenomenal in this oh, film. He's so good. It's just scary. And the way, the way the action is, is it's just so well made. Yeah. I've seen this film at least eight times. Really? Not even joking. That's a lot yeah. for a modern film. I watched it a lot when it came out. Jesus. Yeah. All right, number 45 with a score of 84 as well. Don't hate us. It's The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> we do love our Star Wars, but we obviously love a, a lot of other films a lot more. Yes, we do. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. I mean, what do you need to say about this? It's beyond iconic, regarded as one of the greatest movies of all time by many. Yes. It took the Star Wars movie of A New Hope and gave it a... Massively darker tone for its time. It kept going with the characters and 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 fleshed them out a lot more. Mm. Got yeah. their backstories going. Yep. Yeah, fan- fantastic film. And it's you know it's just so action packed Star Wars. Like it's it's great. And you get one of the greatest twists of all time in it. Of course, which we will not spoil for that one person out there who still doesn't know. <laughs> yeah. All right, number forty four. We have our first foreign film on the list with eighty three points. It's Pan's Labyrinth. Ah, uh, Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Just nailing it. The, f- the fantasy element of this, the way the, the creatures, I yeah. guess you call them, yeah, are creatures. designed like that weird goat thing. Yep. It's amazing. It's also brutally violent as well. Yeah. Because it's-, it's set in the backdrop of this war. Yeah. And the stepdad is, yeah, as you say, brutal. Yeah, he really is. And, and it's just a genuine, like, intriguing fantasy film that it- you got to wonder, like, how does someone come up with this? Mm. Has one of my favourite scenes of all time in it with the um, the faceless man. Ah, interesting. Just an incredibly tense scene. Yeah, completely agree there, mm. Dean. Okay, on to our number 43 film, which has a score of 83 points, which was Pan's Labyrinth also had 83 points as well. And this film is Darren Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. This is an experience. This is a somewhat polarizing film, if I do say so myself. Is it? I think it's one of those ones where you either love it to death or you hate it. I got Kira to watch this once, and at the end of it, she looked at me and said, why did you make me watch this piece of garbage film? I mean, it's, it's obviously not a piece of garbage. It has a massive impact on you, like your emotional state yeah. and how you feel. And some people don't like, I guess, being manipulated like that and being made to feel like yuck inside. But I'm more just give amazing credit to the filmmakers who could have such an emotional response caused in me. So it's so brutal that it's it's look at drug addiction is just on multiple fronts so convincing and so real. And that score as well, the place. Oh, that song! How good is it? Oh, yeah, it's- love it. I could listen to that just by itself. It's mm. so good. All right, at number forty-two with eighty-one points, we have Guy Ritchie's Snatch. Snatch is one of the films that I basically grew up with in my teens. Mm-hmm. Seen this at least 10 times. Yeah, I would have seen it. Yeah, probably yeah. 10 times as well. It's probably one of the most enjoyable films to watch. It's so snappy and catchy. Yeah, it's edited so well. Yeah, it's just, it's like the updated, like Reservoir Dogs kind of like that, that style. It's, it's, it's just so frenetic and fun. Catchy dialogue, mm. like easily quotable for me. Oh, yeah. So many quotes I can do from this film. A hilarious performance from Brad Pitt. Yeah. The start, basically the rise of Jason Statham. Mm. He's obviously in Lockstock, but, you know, this is where he, 
you know, he goes from this to the transporter, and mm. that's that's his career. Off he goes. Yep. Yeah, but it is a, it is a great film, great ensemble cast as well, of all those British actors, and they're just perfect. Mm. And a great story too. Like it's 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 not overly convoluted, but there's enough in there to keep you going. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't say it's a simple story, but it's, no, of course not. It's great. All right, number forty-one with a score of eighty points is Scarface. Mm. This is a film that I've probably seen maybe four times, and I think every time I've seen it, I've liked it more. This was definitely not a five-star film for me the first couple of times I saw it. I felt like it was slow and didn't just, just didn't get into it. But having watched it again a couple of times more recently, it's like seeing Al Pacino. Al Pacino is the star of this. And the music, it's so dark. Yeah. The look at just obviously the massive amounts of cocaine going on. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's like a like a distant cousin of The Godfather. Like it's this it's this gangster style film, but not on cocaine. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Just it's The Godfather on cocaine. Basically, yeah, that's all you need to say about that. That's that's the one on the poster. That's what that's the line on the poster. <laughs> it has one of, one of the most quotable lines of all time as well. Of course. Say hello to my little friend. Do you want to play with? Okay. No. Say hello to my little friend. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a fantastic film. At number 40, we have another animated film with 78 points, Spirited Away. Spirited Away. Fantastic anime. Gets me every time. It's mm. it's so mystical. And again, like this- So good looking. Who comes up with this, this oh, stuff? Yeah. Hayao Miyazaki, like he's so good at, at, all, the, at all these animes. There's it's- so many good animes out there. This is obviously the best one. Mm. Yeah, truly a joy to watch. And easily rewatchable as well. I've seen this a lot, and it's it's fantastic. Okay, Dean, we're into the 30s now. And by 30s, I mean the top 30, not the 1930s. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. Okay, with a score of 77 at number 39 is Jurassic Park. Yeah, this is a magical film, obviously. Just the first Jurassic Park, it's so... It's just so perfect. The characters are all so memorable. The design of these dinosaurs, it holds up today. Yeah, absolutely. Minimal CGI, only when they really need to. Yeah. Mostly practical, it's, which ma- which that's how it holds up. If this film had been CGI, it would be lost by this point. But yeah. the special the, effects... The score, the score as well. The special oh. effects, the score... Yeah, the score's fantastic. Oh, jeez. All right, number 38. Bit of an older film here with 77 points again. We've got... One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. This is just a fantastic display of acting. Yeah, acting. Yeah. Jack Nicholson, Nurse Ratchet, whatever her name is in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but even like the bit parts, you got Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd in there as well as some of the patients. Mm. It's They're all great. And you, you get them all with their own little stories as well along the way. But obviously the focal point here is Jack Nicholson. And he's he just slam dunks this movie. Yeah. It's so good. One of the best performances you'll ever see. Yeah. Just and the look at the look inside of this mental institution is like there's none better. There's been a lot of these mental institution movies. Yeah. None compared to this. Absolutely. And that ending, my god, it oh, gets me. Every time. Yeah, every time. Okay, we're on to number 37 and it's our first and probably not our last Martin Scorsese film with 74 points. It's Raging Bull. Mm, this is another film that took me a few goes to really fully appreciate it and give it a five-star. Yeah. Um, I think maybe when I was younger, the black and white put me off a bit. But, Understandable when you're young. Yeah, but having since got over that and uh, getting a little bit more cultured. Mature. Mature. Yeah, well said, <laughs> well said. Um, like nah, a fine it's just, wine. 
De Niro is insane in this. Yeah. He's so convincing playing someone with just a serious temper issue. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> no, again, this is just a masterclass in acting. Again, mm. Joe Pesci as the brother. Yep. Stunning. He's so good. And just the direction from Martin Scorsese here. The whole the whole thing, I could just watch it t- over and over again. Yeah. Like, it's clearly five-star film. I just, I this is method it. acting to a T as well with De Niro. He got so fit and so in shape, did so much boxing in preparation for this role, and it shows. Like, yeah, the, absolutely. The boxing matches in this are incredible to watch. Even in black and white, they are brutal to mm. watch. And also, on the other side of that, he put on a heap of weight as well yeah. to play the older Jake LaMotta. Mm. Very convincing. Okay, number 36 with a score of 73 points, we have American Beauty. Sam Mendes' first film. His directorial debut, you could yep. say. Starring Annette Benning and Beep. <laughs> Kevin Spacey's fantastic in this. He is. I mean, say what you want about him in his... Yeah, all that, all yeah. that aside, he's fantastic in yeah. this. His narration at the start talking about how, you know, he'll be dead in X amount of days or months, whatever yeah. he says, it's... It just pulls you right in straight sets, away. Sets it up straight away. Cinematography is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The use of color. It's also bright and enjoyable. And it's not just the grown-up characters that are great, though. They're kids. These teenagers, Minas Savari, Thora Birch, the weird guy with the plastic bag. <laughs> they're all they're all great as well. They are. Yeah, and it is a very very well told story as well. It's it's really deep and it gets you. Hmm. Okay, we're on to number 35 with a score of 67, and it's Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. My straw reaches across the room and starts to drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up! Mm. Holy shit. Holy shit indeed. This is some film. I watched it this year. Yeah. And I moved it up. Honestly, I think it was maybe 30 spots on my top yeah. movies of all time. And when you're looking at every film there being five stars, I was just, my God, this movie's good. <laughs> like, yes, it's slow. It is a slow-paced movie, especially the start. But I'm not saying that as a negative at all. It's so It takes its time, set everything up. Everything feels so convincing. Daniel Day Lewis. Seriously, this is oh. this is one of the best roles I've I've seen ever. Yeah. His, his acting performance in this is just off the charts. Yeah. It's I've, ridiculous. Yeah, I've never done a you know favorite performances of all time list, but this has got to be top ten easy. Easy. Hmm. I think I saw this for the first time maybe mid twenty sixteen, I think it was, something like that. Wow. Yeah, and came out in two thousand eight, didn't it? Yeah. I saw it at cinemas. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, that would have been a, a a spectacle. Person I saw it with fell asleep. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> but yeah, this film is just absolutely sensational. It it really is. Now we're moving on to another film I saw at the cinemas when I was probably oh, six years old, I think. And from memory, I'm pretty sure it was my first film I saw at the cinema. I think mine was Fern Gully. Fern Tree Gully? What's it called? Fern Gully. Not Fern Tree Gully. What's Fern Tree Gully? That's a place in it. Fern Tree Gully is a town in Victoria. Okay. <laughs> Oh, they sound the same. Yeah, Fern Gully, I think, was the first film I ever saw at the cinemas. But this would be one of the first. With a score of 67, we are talking about The Lion King. (laughs) 
yeah, one of my favourite movies as a child, as a very young child, for a very, very long time. I collected all the figurines. Oh, really? I remember, I think, were they Macca's toys or... Probably. Yeah. The songs are so great. They're catchy. They're really, really good. And I actually ended up doing uh, the Lion King musical at school when I was in primary <laughs> school as well. Like, it was it was just everywhere, the Lion King, when I was young. Were and you Scar? You bastard. No, Shane was Scar. Interesting. Hmm. Who were you? Nala. I was background dancer number 86. <laughs> I was grey rocking corner. <laughs> and what a performance it was. Uh, I blew stood them still away. all night. <laughs> Alright, moving on to number 33 with a score of 66 points is Mel Gibson's Braveheart. Many years from now, would you be willing to train all the days from this day to that for one chance, just one chance, to come back here? And tell our enemies that they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom! Just a fantastic war film. Not in the traditional war you think. It is a the Scottish War of William Wallace. Yeah, it's a war, it's just yeah. not a modern war. Exactly, but it's war nonetheless. Yeah, Scottish yeah. culture everywhere, yeah. kilts, funny kilts. accents. <laughs> it was Freedom. Great. Freedom, oh yeah, some of the most quotable... One of the greatest speeches of all time is in this movie. Yeah. It is a very, very solid, fantastic film. And Yeah, it's it's more than very solid. It's Mel Gibson is just insanely good in this film. This is prime Mel Gibson. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of prime Mel Gibson. This is definitely the number one. Yeah, good point. Okay, on to number 32 with a score of 65. We have Heat. Michael Mann. Man. But more importantly, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Yeah, finally coming face to face. In that, in the briefest of scenes, actually. Yeah. But we can't talk about heat and not mention the just amazingly great bank robbery exit shootout down the streets. It's it's fantastic. It's one of yeah. the best action scenes I've seen. Yeah, it is. And you also can't go past the stellar lineup of actors you have in this film: Tom Sizemore, Val Kilmer, Ashley Judd, Ashley Judd. Who well, most of these people were kind of known then, but they went on to do more things after this. Val Kilmer's hair is fantastic. Yeah. In this film. <laughs> Danny Trejo. Yep. Oh, Danny Trejo, jeez. In a good film for once. Hank Azaria, of course. He'd be the last one I'd mention. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't help but think of the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good old Al Pacino. He's awesome. Okay, we're on to number 31 here with a score of 65 as well. It's Damien Chazelle's Whiplash. <laughs> film it is just insane like i loved it so much like this this film was the reason i wanted to start talking about movies i started writing reviews on letterboxd because of this film Mm. which ultimately led to us doing the podcast a couple years later it did definitely did yeah whiplash just such a small story you know like it's it's about this guy who's drumming and he wants to be better and we have this guy this this so-called teacher in J.K. Simmons, who just so aggressive, so powerful, and it's also you sort of have a bit of mystery about him as well towards the end. It's it's really really effective. It's a fantastic performance by him. Solid themes of like perfection and 
where you need to draw the line. Mm. You know, what, yeah, exactly. when you're going too far, and yep. it is obviously the music in it is fantastic as well. That end scene just blows me away every mm. time I see it. It is perfect. Yep. This film is fantastic. What's up, Home Trees? It's me, Chris. And Corey. And Donnie. From the More Gooder Than podcast. For each episode, the three of us pick a thematically similar movie. Like Dances with Wolves, The Last Samurai, and Avatar. Or Deep Impact, Armageddon, and Space Cowboys. And then duke it out until one movie is crowned most goodest. Three movies enter, one movie leaves. Ironically, Thunderdome was not the winner when we tackled the Mad Max trilogy. You know why, right? I... Oh, yeah. We don't need another hero! Hey, uh, where can people find more good of them? You can find us on Twitter at MGT Podcast, our website, mgtpodcast.com, and on Instagram and Facebook at More Gooder Than. We're in iTunes slash Apple Podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, and any other podcatcher that you can think of. Remember, it's not just good, it's more gooder than. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second to thank you all for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show, to get our name out there, and there are a couple of ways you could help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. You know, let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and all the other podcast catches you can search for, we're probably on there. And hey, if you find one we're not on, let us know so we can fix it. You can contact us on Twitter at IMDB Journey, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash IMDB Journey, our Letterboxd page at letterboxd.com slash IMDB Journey, or you can email us at imdbjourney at gmail.com. Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. Or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more, then why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, breaking down other films not on the IMDb Top 250. Yeah, that's right. What have we got coming up this week, Kendo? Well, Dean, we're closing in on the end of our Wes Anderson series. We'll be releasing The Grand Budapest Hotel coming up, but because this film is already in the Top 250 list, we're doing a full breakdown of it. Sounds good. So because of that, we've decided to put this episode out for just a single dollar. Now, if you'd prefer to wait, that's perfectly fine, and when we do get to the Grand Budapest Hotel on our random journey, we'll release this as a regular episode on our main show. However, if you want to hear us talk about it now, you can sign up for our dollar level and pick up this episode there. Or if you want to get all the Wes Anderson series we've done so far, as well as a couple of other film breakdowns we've done, you can check out our $5 level. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. Hello, we're from Netflix's World Podcast. Let me review Netflix shows for you, please. It would mean so much to me if you let me review Netflix for you. Somebody's got to review them. Why can't it be me? Come on, let the boy review Netflix shows for you. Hi, hello. Are you good? Uh, good. Let me drink crappy alcohol and make jokes for you. I'm already going to be reviewing Netflix for you. Just say yes to me drinking crappy alcohol. Honestly and sincerely, I'd like to make jokes for you to laugh at. He's a good, hard-working boy. Let him drink some beer and make jokes. Please don't make me watch the one-star movies. He's a nice boy! Watch your own damn shitty movies! For God's sake! Download Netflix and Swill, please. I'll put all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podbean. Please download our episodes. I already started watching the one-star movies. If you didn't want to listen to our show, why'd you let me watch the one-star movies? Can we stop this cruel game and allow the boy to keep one shred of dignity? For God's sake! I can't stand to see him in all this pain! 
So just listen to Netflix and swill. For the love of God, let the boy review Netflix for you. All right, on to number 30. We have another foreign film here. 64 points. Actually saw this one at the cinemas as well. Me too. Hero. This is a stunning, stunning film yeah. to see. One of the best looking films you'll ever see. Absolutely. Went and saw this at the cinema with my mate Ryan, and we were just in awe of what we were watching. We were the only ones in the cinema. Oh, really? Yeah. I think we uh, wagged school that day to go see it in the middle wag. of the day. <laughs> and we are blown away. It was, is it wag- was fantastic. Is wagging an Australian expression? Yeah. Yeah. Wagging is- Skipping to, yeah, school? Skipping school. Uh, yeah. I wonder yeah. where wag came from. <laughs> I don't know. Probably from some Australian, I guess. But yeah, the style of martial arts, that wushu that we've described before, mm. just the cinematography, the Rashomon style of storytelling, it ties in so perfectly together. I, I love this film so much. I've seen this at least five, six times. I actually don't think it's overly rewatchable. I haven't rewatched it a lot, but it's great. Like the fight scenes are great. The way it's told with the different perspectives, yep. retelling the same story each time with a brand new color. Yes, it's been done before in the likes of a movie like Rushman, but man, it's so effective here. Absolutely. All right. We're into number 29 here with a score of 63 points. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. What a head trip this yeah. film is. This is one of those emotional films that really made me reflect on events in my life and how, like, what would I do in that circumstance? Yeah. Like, is if you have the ability to remove all that pain, is that something you really want to do? Like, do you want to raise all the bad memories in your life? Like, is that really what you want to do? Or do you want to use them and learn from them and yeah. appreciate them and grow as a person from them? And the way this movie looks at it, obviously, you got Jim Carrey in just a very unexpected role. Fantastic in this movie, obviously. Kate Winslet, she's normally pretty reliably good. Mm-hmm. They just nail it in their performances. The way that it's written by Charlie Kaufman is just off the wall. It's fantastic, though. It is. I completely agree with everything you said. Fantastic performances. Just the way it's shot as well. Some of those scenes with like things getting erased... And the memories of old old times and how they're being portrayed mm. by the characters. And the way that they're disappearing yeah. in those scenes, like turning into blackness and he's running, trying to hold onto them. Yep. It's it's so good. It so really well is. shot. It really is. It's a fantastic film. Now we get to number 28 uh, with 62 points. Again, a film we've done a full breakdown on. It's Saving Private Ryan. Yep. We've broken that down heavily in our podcast. So if you want to hear our thoughts about that, go ahead and check that one out. Absolutely. On to number 27 here at 59 points is LA Confidential. Mm. A nice little murder mystery set in the 50s with some excellent acting here. Like Guy Pearce and Russell Crowe, they are fantastic in their respective roles here. Kevin, Kevin Spacey, Spacey, once as again, well. is He's great. Good. James Cromwell's yeah. fantastic. It's, a, it's just a- it's Kim Basinger obviously won the Oscar, Best Supporting Oscar for it. Yep. The whole story itself, like the, the murder mystery along the way- it's a great mystery. Yep. It's a great police story. Yep. Wonderful twist in the middle as well. Mm. It's it is a it is one of those semi action crime films. I don't often hear it coming up though in best of lists. Yeah, I see it sometimes, but not as often as it should be because it it's a fantastic film. Yeah, it really is. Now we get to our number twenty six film again. This is a film that we have recorded a full breakdown on with fifty eight points. We have Die Hard. Die Hard. Back at old episode one, almost a year ago now. Wow, that's crazy. It is. An inaugural episode. A fantastic film to start off the series with, I guess. Oh, it is. It's a great film. It's full on action. It's just so well made. Yeah. Uh, If you want to hear our thoughts on that, go back and check it out. It's it's an interesting listen. (laughs) 
Okay, we're into number 25 here with a score of 47, and that is The Deer Hunter. This is a massive film. Yeah, this is a film I actually, you got me to watch, if you remember. Yeah. Probably 12 years ago. Something like that. Because you were very, very high on it, and I may not have even seen it. And uh, you got me to watch it. The final act, or basically the last two-thirds of it, I was blown away with. I wasn't sold on the first part at all. I remember you <laughs> trying to convince me that we needed it to build up these characters yeah. so that we care about them later on in the movie. And in hindsight, I absolutely agree with you. I didn't give it five stars on the first watch, but on a subsequent rewatch, I definitely did. It's a very, very powerful film. Yeah, exactly. That first third of the film, you need to learn about these characters so that when the stuff happens to them later on in the film and mm. the aftermath of all that stuff and how they deal with it, you know about them. You you feel for them. You relate to them. And yeah. it's, some people say it might go on for a little bit too long. I disagree. I think everything works perfect here. Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken are fantastic in this film. Mm. The the war scenes, the, the prison camps are like- yeah, great Vietnam war oh, scenes. Intense, just gripping your hands. It's like just- yeah, I mean, Get obviously you. the um, Russian roulette scenes are yeah. very famous. Yeah, again, some of the best scenes you'll ever see. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. All right, on to number 24 with 46 points. We have Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Oh, boy, this film. <laughs> very controversial when released. Yes, very controversial. This is a, a slam dunk knockout film for me. It's it's insane that this film got made. I'll say that. It's so it's so out there with what it shows, what it presents, mm. the story it has. I mean, it starts off presenting rape and ultraviolence as comedic. Yeah, in a way, like the It's not in a way. It's filmed very comedically. You get funny music over the top, the dialogue. They, the dialogue, they talk about it like it's just a game. Even to just them. the dialogue that they use, the way they talk in yeah. it as well is very you know, off, off the, the wall. wall. Yeah, that was, cr- that was wow. creepy. Don't do that. Don't say exactly what I'm I was nearly going to say, don't do that. <laughs> Damn it, I wish I had. <laughs> no, this film is a is a sensation and I, I love it so much. No, it is very, very good. All right, on to number 23 here with a score of 45 and it's Batman Begins. It is the greatest reboot of a franchise ever. Some would disagree with that. Some would. Yeah, my favourite reboot of all time is not on the list because you don't give it five stars. But nonetheless, Batman Begins, absolutely sensational film. Take that, Casino Royale. <laughs> you shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, Batman Begins. I love Batman. I'm a massive Batman fan. Really? I, loved, I didn't notice. Yeah. <laughs> I love Batman growing up, the animated series, into the Burton films, even Forever and Batman and Robin. I was at that perfect age to watch them and love them at the time. All right, now I look back at them as very campy. I still get a lot of enjoyment out of them, but... To have this film, this film just cemented my passion for the character of Batman. This movie is insane. It brought Christopher Nolan to the forefront of a lot of people's minds who had never heard of him. Even Christian Bale. I had no idea who Christian Bale was when I went in to see this movie. Obviously, it done American Psycho. I hadn't seen it at that point. I've watched this film a ton, and I absolutely love it. It's so quotable. It's so real. As real as a Batman film can be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. It is as real as any Batman film ever could be. It is it is a fantastic... I say We say fantastic a lot in this. Well, there's a reason. Exactly. Yeah, this, like, I can't say anything better than you did already, Dean. Like, it's, it's spot on. All right. Now, at number 22, with a total of 42 points, we have La La Land. Yeah. Another, uh, another, are you a little disappointed it's this low? Yeah, looking at it, 22. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty low, but... 
22 is still seriously high. Yes, it is. <laughs> we have done a full breakdown of this one as well. So if you want to hear our full thoughts on it, go and check out that episode of the podcast. Absolutely. We've also done a full breakdown of our next film on the list, number 21, also with a score of 42, and that is Kill Bill Volume 1. Hmm. Yes, did that very recently. Yes. So go and listen to that. Yeah. Okay, on to number 20, top 20 now. We hit up with Gladiator with 36 points. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the north, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. Gladiator is one of the greatest. It really is. Uh, when I saw it, it was immediately one of my favourite movies. Yeah, me too. Talk about rewatching. I used to watch this film multiple times a week for a long time. Like, which is odd. Like, I think about it now it's a it's a long film. It's war in it. It's but it's just the characters are so great. Like Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, incredible in this. I actually watched this film again at the start of the year as well. Nice and yeah, that um. Still holds up, obviously. It's amazing. Obviously. Great movie. Okay, number 19 here. Score of 36 as well. He's here again. It's The Dark Knight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, The Dark Knight obviously introduced us to... Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, one of the best performances ever, one of the best villains ever. It's clever. It took a new take on the character of Batman. It's basically a crime film plus superheroes. Yeah. Well, that's what it is, and it, it just works so well. Like you said before with Batman Begins, it's like as real as it can be. There's nothing outlandish or anything in this film. It's very tonally dark, obviously, Dark Knight. I mean, anyone who hasn't seen it out there who's listening to this... You should have seen it. That's all I can say. Like, who hasn't seen this film? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. If you're into movies, I'm pretty sure you would have seen The Dark Knight. Extraordinarily popular, iconic in every sense. Yep. Just revered. Absolutely. And rightly so. Fantastic movie. Now we're on to number 18, another Martin Scorsese film, and it won't be the last. With 35 points, we have The Departed. The Departed. My Boston accent. Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... Um, yeah, another one I saw at the movies just, again, like, this blew me away from the get-go. DiCaprio is sensational. What a lineup! Oh, DiCaprio, Damon, Jack Nicholson, Marky Mark, Alec Baldwin. Martin Sheen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Martin Sheen is in it too. Just give me that blank look. <laughs> yes. I was trying to think of the- Vera um, Famiga. That's the one, Vera Famiga. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's- it's just tense. Like, it's high energy all the time. Yeah. Such tense. a fun film. Tense is the word. Yeah. yeah. The whole time. You just don't know what's going to happen. Because everyone's, like, undercover. Yeah. At all at all times, you never know who's going to get busted, and it's it's so well done. Yeah. All right. Number 17 on our list here with a score of 34. We've broken this one down, too, and it's The Matrix. Mm. Very high up, but obviously, we've ranked it quite high on our separate list that we've seen so far. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a great movie. P- fantastic. It certainly you, is. You've heard our thoughts, so go and check it out if you haven't. All right, on to number 16. We have a sequel here. With 33 points, we have Terminator 2. Hasta la vista, baby. Terminator 2 is one of the greatest action films, one of the greatest films out there. It is off the chain. This is this and another one coming up later will easily be my top two watched films ever. I've probably seen this at least 20 times. 
Mm. At least. Yeah, I think I've seen the first Terminator more than this one, to be honest. Uh, not for me, no. Definitely number two. Well, I didn't I didn't say for you. Yeah, but I I'm being, giving me. my opinion. Okay. You just already uh, told us yeah, that it was one of the most I need to get the last line in. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. No, it's, I mean, it's a great film. You've said it. You've said it well. All right, number 15 on our list with a score of 30 is Kill Bill Volume 2. Now, we did a follow-up breakdown on our Patreon of Kill Bill 2 after our breakdown of Kill Bill 1, where we got right into it, did a regular, basically a regular breakdown of it. Hmm. It's clearly higher for us jointly. It may not be, it might be higher for me and not higher for Dean, but, you know, the rankings bring it down to that level. So, who knows? Criminally not in the IMDb Top 250. Yes, well, I think we can agree on that. But if you want to hear our extended thoughts, head on over to patreon.com slash Journey and sign up there. Excellent. Okay, number 14, our highest ranked foreign film, City of God, again with 30 points. City of God. I mean, if you haven't seen City of God... I reckon there are a lot of people who haven't. You need to see this movie. Yeah, a lot of people, they don't watch a lot of foreign films. If you're listening... And you haven't seen City of God, and I've I really think there'd be a lot. It's so it's so powerful. Powerful, it's yep. Like when I saw this film, did I get you to watch this film? Yeah, I think you did. Oh, when I saw this, I was blown away. I must have seen this when I was maybe fifteen or something like that, mm. and I couldn't get over it. I was shocked at how amazing this film was. Mm. Such powerful performances from these unknown actors. Well, they weren't actors; they no. were you know people living in the slums of Brazil, and it just played. Perfectly, honestly. Yeah. Like when you, yeah, like we said, when you talk about foreign films and the stigma of I don't want to watch it because it's foreign subtitles and that. Mm. This is one that you point to. You yeah. go see this film. Yeah. You have to see this film. It is so important to see this film. Yep. Do it. All right. Now that we're past Hendo's anger issues, over to you. What's our number thirteen film? Is that my anger issues? If you haven't seen it. Do it. <laughs> you don't want to see me angry. <laughs> uh, number thirteen. Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. Again, not the last Martin Scorsese film on this list. <laughs> With a score of 29. You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Yes, Taxi Driver. This film just puts... I've spoken about having an emotional impact on me before. This one really, really gets me down in a fantastic way. <laughs> I'm like, wow, Robert De Niro, you're insane. The tone, the tone of this film nonstop is so dark and just looks at the scum of the world. It's so great. Yeah, it is. You talk about There Will Be Blood before, how you watched it recently and you bumped up like 30 spots. Mm-hmm. I saw Taxi Driver, I believe, at the start of this year, maybe the end of last year. Yeah. And yeah, I shot it up like 30 spots. It nice. Was, it was fantastic yeah. when I watched it again. Yeah, it really is. So gritty and raw, fantastic acting. Scorsese just, he knocks it out of the park with this, this one. one of his first films as well. Yeah. Uh, how do you do that? Yeah. yeah ins- insane film. I love it to death. All right. At number 12 on 26 points, we have American History X. <laughs> That's how he says it in the movie. We'll call this class American History X. Dean, you sound like you've got something to say here, why don't you? Tell us why you love it so much. I mean, it starts with Edward Norton. Yeah. He is my favourite actor, almost off the back of this performance. One of my favourite performances ever. He is unrecognisable in this film compared to any other film he's in. We've got Edward Furlong as a young brother to him who's trying to learn how to be how to be a good person and using his brother as an example in multiple ways is just 
It's incredible. It's a look at, obviously, it looks at racism predominantly, and it's look at, on that subject. Powerful is an understatement. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> All right. On to number 11. Man, another Scorsese film. But it's actually our last Scorsese film. So mm. we have a lot of Scorsese on here, but none cracked the top 10, funnily enough. So number 11 with 26 points is Goodfellas. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Uh, how, good is, how good is Goodfellas? For, for a long movie, it's just some of the best voiceover I've yeah. ever heard. The script is great. The acting, like for a gangster film. Ray Liotta. Just everyone talks about Pesci, how crazy he is. De Niro, I believe he may have been nominated for an Oscar for this. I'm not sure, but I know Pesci got Pesci won. Actually, yeah, it's probably unlikely De Niro got nominated. But Ray Liotta, he carries this film. And you've got kid scenes as well, which the kids are great. The kid actors playing these characters are great. Everything works. It's so fast-paced. Yes. Like, it's two and a half hours long, but it's just a mile a minute. And the soundtrack is fantastic as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the soundtrack's great. So good. This is obviously one of the inspirations for for The Sopranos as well, I'd imagine. Oh, I mean, half the cast of Goodfellas <laughs> and Sopranos anyway. Of course. <laughs> but no, nah, it's definitely looking at hardcore gangsters as real people. Yeah. With real issues, real emotions, and real lives. Like, maybe not like you and I live, but with real yeah, lives. We're hard gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's great. Have you seen Joe Pesci's, like, win at the Oscars for this? No. His acceptance speech? No. Is it good? You talk about him, how he is in this motor mouth kind of guy, he gets up there and goes, thank you very much, and walks off. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? Jesus. What's up, guys? This is Gerald and my buddy right across from me as always. Andy. We are two peas on a podcast, and we want to invite you to join us weekly as we discuss, what do we talk about? We talk about a little bit of everything. We I do. mean, we talk about too much. Events, we talk about too politics, much politics, sports. We, we talk- even talk about sports. We're dudes. We yeah, talk we talk about, about too much stuff. In fact, don't join us. It's too much. <laughs> it's too complicated. I think you're confusing uh, them, Gerald. <laughs> we are a weekly podcast discussing current events, pop culture, hot topics. Hot. The topics uh, are hot. Not the retail store, just uh, hot topics. Well, oh, I used to love. Anything, that was a great store. If anything happened at a hot topic, we would discuss that as well. Do you want to get your black Metallica shirt and some studded earrings? Yeah, we'll talk about that. But yeah. uh, my name is Gerald and my buddy Andy, and you can catch us on two. Two Peas on a Podcast. Please go to our website. It's twopeasonapod.com. Check it out. Check us out on Twitter at Two Peas on a Pod and subscribe via iTunes or Google Play. We hope to hear you listening. Is that, we can't we can't <laughs> yes. do that, though, can we? No, we can do it. We can hear them uh, listening. I, we, we hope to see <laughs> that you listen via yes. our stats or whatever. We're everywhere. Uh, but check us out. Two Peas right. on a Podcast, guys. All right, Dean. We're here. Our top 10. What a list we've got coming up. I mean, it's hard to split a lot of these. All right. At number 10, on 25 points, widely considered one of the greatest movies of all time, I think it's fair to say. Fair, obviously. We have Francis Ford Coppola's The Godfather. What a film. What a film. What a reputation. Like, to go in and watch a film, like, I watch this film knowing that, you know, it's The Godfather, one of the greatest of all times. You go in with huge expectations and it all works. They meet it. Like, it's not, it's not a flashy, you know, movie. It's, it's slow in parts. It's deep. It looks at these family so intimately and we get to know every character so well so that when something happens to them, Jesus, we care. And everyone is on their A-game yeah. in this film. I mean, Marlon Brando. Holy shit. 
is he's so Phenomenal. good in this film. And to think, like, it always blows my mind that he's playing this old man here, and he's actually like man. not. It doesn't not look like that. Like no. he's, he's a young man, almost middle aged, I guess you could say. But the makeup department on him is just extraordinary. This film, when I first saw it, just it got me. It, it blew me away. I, I I couldn't. I watched. I'm pretty sure I watched part two straight away after mm. it. Like I did back to back. And it is. It is just a perfect acting film. Yeah. It's it's intense at certain points. That that tollway scene mm. with Sunny, man, love that. that was so good. Oh, okay. Like when I first saw, it, I was like, jeez, I think I might have been yeah fourteen, fifteen when I saw yeah. this the first time. Oh, that's great. Yeah, fantastic film. But I mean, at, at its heart, it's the story of you know Michael Corleone, who goes from not wanting any of this life and to see his progression throughout the movie and where he ends up, one of the greatest final shots of oh, the film yeah. ever. It's it's just superb. It's so convincing as well. Like, none of it's cheap. None of it's cheated. Everything makes sense from, you know, going from A to Z. They cover every single step they need to. I love it. And it's accompanied by an insane score. Oh, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. Iconic. Okay, we're up to number nine, also with a score of 25, and that is Inception. Yeah, this film, like nothing I've seen before. It's so, for a mainstream, big-budget film... To have these ideas and such a complicated plot, it's so gutsy, and so it works. ballsy. It oh, works perfect. Does it ever? Leonardo DiCaprio is just insane in this film. Like, he's, he's so good. Perfect. The visuals as well. For me, those shots where you know the the world starts bending up. Yeah. And like, it's insane. Like, how do you how do you come up? I keep saying this. How do you come up? Yeah. With stuff like this. Even the hallway fight as well. The hallway where fight the gravity is, so is changing constantly. It's like you're watching, you're like that's just incredible. Yeah, but Nolan has crafted something special, so special here. It's yep. a, it, it is a fantastic film. Mm. All right, on to our number eight with a score of twenty-two. We have Brian Singer's The Usual Suspects. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. I still remember the first time I saw this film. I do too. I was at home. I had it on VHS when I was maybe. 13. Mm, I was probably 15, maybe 14, actually. I had a dodgy copy on VHS for some reason. It was really dark. I was at Phillip Island, though. <laughs> it's really, really good. Just, you don't forget watching this film for the first time. One of the best endings of all time. Yep. Anyone that's seen it knows what I'm talking about. The, but it's not just that. The way that Kevin Spacey... Gee, Kevin Spacey's on this list a lot. Yeah. The way Kevin Spacey tells this story to um, Chaz Palmentary is just... Oh, the story structure of this film, script, it's so tight, so well done. It's one of those films that you immediately want to watch again. So mm-hmm. first, When you see it the first time, you immediately want to go back and watch it again, just yep. to see how, like how. Mm. Yeah, I hear you, man. You said there's a lot of Kevin Spacey on this list. That's not the last time we're going to see him. <laughs> Holy shit, it's not. <laughs> Jesus. All right, up to number seven with a score of 20, and it is The Godfather Part 2. There's a plane waiting for us to take us to Miami in an hour. Make a big thing about it. I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I actually saw this before part one. Wow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. How did that play? How did it play? I had absolutely (laughs) no idea what Robert De Niro had to do with this story. Who is this guy? Um, it was very confusing, but it did not hurt my, my love of this film. Like, obviously, I went back, watched it properly uh, a few years later, 
And this film, obviously, there's a big argument. Which is better, The Godfather Part 1 or Part 2? Well, based off our joint rankings here, we obviously think it's better than number one. Yeah, definitely. What gets me is, what I remember most from this film is the relationship struggles between Al Pacino and Diane Keaton. The scenes together, one in particular, is just, oh, you just watch it and it kills you. They're like, holy shit, Al Pacino is so great. <laughs> Both of them here, in all fairness, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Are oh, amazing. Yeah, exactly. And that's he won, the thing. He won Best Supporting Actor for this. He did. And that's the thing. You look at... You've got this part of this film that's as good as The Godfather, and then you throw in this whole Vito Corleone backstory with Robert De Niro, Oscar-winning performance, as you say. It just it works so well, and you see the the correlations between yeah. them, the similarities. It's just there's oh, a reason why it's put together like this. History itself. It is so so powerful. It's Have great. you ever seen the the like the the whole thing put together, like one, two, and three in chronological order? No. Have you? I've got it. Why I've would ne- you watch ne- that? I don't want to, but I've got it. I'm like, no. It, it, Throw it, it out. it. Doing that would mean you'd have to watch part three again. Obviously, but I would say <laughs> that it would also ruin part two in terms of keeping that pacing going of the back and forth and then the mm. correlations. You watch, you'd watch all of Vito Corleone at the start mm. and then it'd move into Godfather part one. And that's the thing. Like when you're watching the um, Michael Corleone story and it cuts, starts cutting to Vito, you're like, oh, get back to the Michael. But by the time you're a few minutes into the Vito, yep. you're like, oh, my God, I want to see this more. And then it'll cut to Michael. And you're like, oh, I want to see more of Vito. Just keeps going. Yeah, it's so great. All right, on to number six. With 20 points as well, it is currently the number one film on the IMDb Top 250 list. It is The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, this being at number one, I think it's it's earned its spot. Like, we have it so high up on our joint sure, list together. For sure. It's very well earned. This is... One of the best films out there. Just this epic film of a beacon of hope. Mm. Just get you. Acting is great. The score is fantastic. The the message. The message. The message is the big thing here. That shot of him out on the rain gets you every single time. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing. And we talk about characters in a lot of these films. This film has some just extraordinarily memorable supporting characters. The Warden, Tommy... Even, yeah, even, the, to, yeah, even Tommy. Even Tommy, like, he's he comes in for a bit. He's fantastic. But he's so pivotal to the movie. Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. It's just, it's just inspirational. Absolutely, absolutely. Very good. All right, moving on to our number five film, Hendo. What do we got? All right, with a score of 18. Getting high now. That's right. And at number five, we have seven. That's all you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? What's in the fucking box? You couldn't have doctored this list to make it seven. <laughs> Thought about it for a brief second. <laughs> no, seven, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman with a, another cameo by Beep. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this film gets me so much. Like, it's so uncomfortable to watch. It's not mm. an overly violent film. No, it's not. But it's disturbing Ooh, in yeah. what it portrays. Oh, yeah. Very disturbing. The murder mystery going along here, it keeps you engaged the whole time. You... You're like, you want to see what's coming up with these seven deadly sins. Mm. What's next? What's coming mm. up? How are they going to do this? And where it ends up is just one of the most fascinating endings Be- to a best, film. Yeah, best ending to a film of all time for me. Never, ever saw it coming. Like, who would? No, you, you can't predict this. Like, it's it's insane, mm. as I've said for many things, but yep. this time it really is insane. And it's great. Like, it's... It's, just, it's, so, it's so dark. What's in the box? Yeah. The whole thing is just set in this drab backdrop. It's yeah, always it's raining. raining. Yeah, it's it's so depressing, and it's 
Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you're saying all these like negative things, and it's great because it of it. It is, exactly. <laughs> okay, number 14. And number four, with 16 points, we have Back to the Future. This film so goddamn much. It is. I can I say, is this your other most watched film? Absolutely. Yeah, this would be one of my most watched films as well. It is so easy to rewatch. There's so, it's just so much to it. It's such a great story. Michael J. Fox is charismatic. Yeah, he's like forever associated with this role. Of course. And uh, yeah, as you say, of course, there's a reason for it. He's perfect as Marty McFly. Christopher Lloyd as Doc Brown. These two characters are. Oh wow, I'm surprised we haven't said the word iconic yet throughout this. I have. Have you? Yes. I don't remember you saying it. I have said iconic. How many times? At least 60. (laughs) But in terms of iconic characters, these two... Iconic duos. Exactly. Their chemistry in this film is perfect. The subtleties of the, the transitions between the 80s and the 50s here... And all the little nuances you can see in the background, mm. it's it's so tight, it's so complex. Yet you can you can follow it. It's so easy to follow. And even like the sequels afterwards, they're good in their own right. I enjoy them thoroughly. For sure. A lot of people don't like the third one. I, I do. don't know why. It's 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 just fun. different. It's, it's a western. Even number two is so smart in what it does. Yeah, two is two is actually I hadn't seen two, so I saw one and I saw three a lot. What is wrong with you? What and you? I hardly ever saw two, and then I started putting that into the rotation, and man, it's good. Because <laughs> I'd always wonder what the hell was going on at the start of three <laughs> when they deliver that letter. It's like, what? <laughs> nah, but, but, nah. but seriously, number num- one number one is, is off the chain. It's, it's flawless. It's fantastic. Okay, Dean, we're into our top three. Our top three. Yes, we are. And we have three different directors here. All three of these directors we've mentioned at least once on our list before. Number three with 11 points. 11 points. Mm. Christopher Nolan's Memento. You're going to pay for what you did. Oh, Beg forgiveness, and then you pay. You clue, you freak. Beg my wife's forgiveness before I blow your brains out. You don't know what's going on. You don't even know my name. Teddy. That's because you read it off a fucking picture. You don't know who you are. I'm Leonard Shelby. I'm from San Francisco. That's who you were. That's not what you become. Shut your mouth. You want to know, Lenny? Come on. Come on, let's go down to the basement. Let's go down, you and me together. Then you'll know who you really are. No! Well, oh, I, I mean... I don't even know what to say about this film. Like, this, is, this is another one of those films. You talk about rewatchability. This is another one I watched immediately after. I, I watched, watched it, this. Rewound the VHS and watched it again. I was watching this on DVD at a friend's place. Actually, yeah, it probably was a DVD. <laughs> I was about 20 minutes into it and then I realized what was going on hmm. and then went back to the start and watched it then. Oh, really? Yeah, because I'm like, oh. Once you, once you get your head around what's happening, the different timelines, how it is actually playing out, but the... The method used, of, as far as filmmaking goes, to convey Leonard's constant confusion and unawareness of what's going on in his surroundings is perfect. Having the film constantly cut to the middle of scenes, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. You associate with him so much because he's going, mm, why am I here? Mm. And you have no idea why he's there because you haven't yeah, seen it yet. Exactly. Having this film the way it's structured, if it was done 
in a chronological order, it would be it would be a nothing film. Like it wouldn't play as well as it would. It would not play nearly as well as it no. would. No. And how they subtly reveal every little bit by bit, culminating to the end slash middle of this film. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Like, it there gets twists, me every single there time. There twists, left, right, and center here. Absolutely. Like, you're always on edge. You have no idea what's going on. But once you have all the information to sit back, and even at the end, you still- It takes a bit to think about it. Like, oh, hold on. What's happened here? It's yeah. just- It's not in a confusing or negative way. It's in a really brilliant way where it gets you thinking. Yep. And, man, it's man, it's just so effective. Absolutely. Okay. Top two. Set this up a little. Both of these films have nine points. Okay. Number two, we have Fight Club. Oh, you want to say something? I thought the rule was to not talk about this. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, was, I was wondering what you were doing then. <laughs> Setting up a terrible joke. I should have guessed. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Fight Club. Damn. Now, this film is very, very popular. I feel like it's not not as cool anymore to love this film as much as- It wasn't popular at the time. Wasn't it? No. Definitely gained a uh, some sort of cult status, though. Yeah. it did, after, after the fact, yeah, it definitely did. Edward Norton, stunning in this. Yep. Like, this and American History X just elevate him to legend status in my mind. Back-to-back years, he killed it. Mm, he really, really did. Um, also, Brad Pitt in- what I would consider easily his best role. He's so Tyler Durden. He's so suave and sleek just, in this film. Everything the narrator wants to be. Yeah. And it just it's played so well. The fight scenes are They're not glamorized. They no. are hard to the, watch. These are untrained fighters trying to hurt each other. Yeah. It's great. But that's obviously not the draw of the film. The psychological no. look at a broken man is unrivaled. And let's not forget that twist in the middle. Like that is like one of the the most well-known twists out there now. It is. It yeah. absolutely is and it works so well in the moment. It just it it floors you and it works so well on a rewatch. Yeah. Cuz it's so it's so true. It doesn't break its own rules and it's not there as a gimmick. It just there's little subtleties throughout yeah. as well to pick it up and then when you see it, especially even on the first view you're like, "Yep, that makes absolutely perfect sense." Yeah. Yeah. The flashbacks are great. The ending as well. The way they flash back to Scenes you've already seen filmed a different way yep. is oh perfect and that chilling pi- that pixie song at the end. Mm, where is my mind? Yeah, fantastic ending. Like one of the greatest films out there. Yep, could argue the second greatest film out there. Well, according to us, yes, jointly, jointly, according to us, nine points. So that could be either be like a, a could one be a and one an eight, and eight yep. five and a four. Yep. yep, who knows? But our number one with nine points as well is Pulp Fiction. <laughs> We obviously bang on about Tarantino a lot. We do. So Rightly so. Makes fitting sense that one of his films is the number one on our joint ranking list. I mean, I don't even know where to start with this film. I just think that its legacy is so important. The number of films that have taken elements of Pulp Fiction really says so much about the quality of this film. Yeah. This non-linear structure, whilst it had been done previously... Not to this degree. Not like this. No. Not like this. (laughs) To have... This is a second time director here to have characters die and then inexplicably, unexplained at all, turn up alive in the next scene like it's nothing. 
It's so great. It's so, so great. Tarantino just revived John Travolta's John Travolta was dead in the war. From nothing in yeah. this. He, yeah, Travolta was fantastic. Samuel L. Jackson is so good oh, in this it's film. It's his best role. The he, speech, Ezekiel 2517. Yeah, the script. The path of the righteous the man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil. I can go on. He's not reading that. I love that so much. <laughs> like, it's so. This is the most quotable movie of all Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Roy Alvici. Two shakes of a lamb's tail. Zed's dead, baby. Zed's, Zed's dead. dead. Even that scene, like, that's. It's humongously risque to have uh, that, that scene in there. I think too. I cracked a rib. <laughs> Giving me oral pleasure? <laughs> I love it. It's, it's, and that's the thing. It's funny. Yeah, like oh, it's I've hilarious. Seen, I've seen this film so many times, and it is hilarious every time. It's such a well-made film. Script is super tight, endlessly quotable, fantastic soundtrack, one of the best soundtracks, if not the best soundtrack I've ever heard. Yep. What else is what else is there? This film's a masterpiece. It it is. In every sense of the word, it is a masterpiece. And like you said, it just countless films afterwards that just took that pulp fiction feel. We're still feeling it today. The formula. You, you, you even said when you saw Bad Times at El Royale, very much pulp fiction. Yep. Like this is a formula that works so well and people are trying to replicate it and no one has been able to this effectively since. Absolutely. And that's why it's our joint number one. A worthy number one. That's right. So, thank you very much. There you have it, folks. We hope you enjoyed our little bonus ep here. Give you a little tease of our favourite films. Yeah. They might uh, be a little bit different in our separate rankings. <laughs> Absolutely. But at least you can expect our tastes in films, I yeah. guess. <laughs> yeah. That's who we are. <laughs> that's right. All right. So, we will see you next week for The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.